Hey, and welcome back once again to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman. I am the pastor at Valley Christian Fellowship in Longview, Washington. Well, this week we begin uh, continuing in chapter 2 of 1 Timothy. And at this point, there is a bit of a transition that begins to happen. You know, we, we remember that we've been looking at how Paul is writing about God's desire for all to be saved. And then he writes about how there is this one mediator, Christ Jesus He's a mediator between God and men. This is the only way that we're saved, by trusting in Jesus as the ransom, as the one who paid the price for our sin by his death on a cross. Jesus who was buried and then resurrected on the third day, and that everyone who believes in him, <clears throat> they have Jesus as their mediator. He's the one that makes us right with God, restores a relationship, makes it so that we are his children. Wonderful news. And then from there, Paul talks about, hey, says because of this, I, I desire that men, instead of giving into their inclination to be angry or quarrelsome, I'm calling you to lift up holy hands, not violent hands, but holy hands in prayer. And then women, I desire that you, instead of adorning yourselves in ways that are seductive or, or full of vanity, I desire that you dress yourself in modesty with respectability, that you clothe yourselves in good works. And then here's where the transition begins. Because as we move to chapter 3, he's going to start talking about church leadership. Remember, Paul is writing to Timothy, sharing with Timothy how the church is to operate really under this charge to, to not allow people to teach things that are false. And so now he's saying, I'm, I'm going to move toward church leadership. And the bridge is, he's going to talk about women a bit, a bit more. He says, I desire that you dress in modesty that you, you have good works, that you are useful in the church, that you are of value in the church. And then here's where he begins to address women. And this is, in our modern day culture, this is sometimes difficult for us to wrestle with. But I want to remind you, God's word is good. And God's design is good. And God's plan for the church is, in fact, good. And so based on that, here's what Paul says. He says, let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. Now, here's Paul. Paul's talking about the church, the, the organization of the church. And he says, listen, uh, the woman's role is not to be the, the teacher. She's not to be in the spot of authority over men. This is actually aiming us at the role of an elder. We're going to see that in just a, a couple of days. An elder's job is to teach. He's saying, really, a woman is not to take the role of an elder. She's not to have the authoritative teaching role and, and this authoritative role over men within the church. Now, when he says this, he writes this, he ends up giving us some reasons and the reasons are not cultural. The reasons are not based on anything even going on in Ephesus in that moment. Turn with me. Let's continue. Verse 13. He gives three reasons. He says, For Adam was formed first, then Eve. Reason number one, creation order. He says, This is the way God designed it. Verse 14, reason number two. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Transgressor. He says, it, within the moment of the fall, when Adam and Eve were tempted, there was some temptation that happened with Eve. And in that, there was some abdication of responsibility in Adam. His role, he, he failed to achieve his role. He, he did not step in in that moment and make sure that the right thing was done. He did not lead. Because he did not lead, the temptation and the fall, it, it, it's blamed on Adam. 
but we recognize Eve's part here. And so reason number two is this lack of responsibility of Adam and this vulnerability that is happening or that happened with Eve. And then verse 15, third reason, says, Yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and in holiness. Now, this might be controversial sometimes or confusing. People look at this and say, was well, it saying that a woman now that she's only saved if she gives birth to children? Is that is that what this is teaching? Is this teaching that's the only way a woman is saved? No. This is not talking about uh, salvation in terms of salvation into eternity. This is talking about salvation in terms of being saved from the temptation of teaching and exercising authority over a man. Saved from the temptation of, of flipping the 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 expectations of men and the expectations of women as God has created it. No, she's going to be saved from those temptations if she gives herself to the good design that God has made. She'll be saved through childbearing. Listen, women are called to be moms. Uh, Newsflash, guys can't be mothers. This is doubted in our culture today, but, but the reality is motherhood is a calling that is being given to women alone not to men. So saved through childbearing, through embracing her role as a mother, as someone who nurtures and cares and tends to and meets needs. We go back to the previous week. She clothes herself herself in good word and good works in the church and in the home. This is her high calling. And this is to be done in faith, in love, in holiness with self-control. Now, I understand. In our culture, we swim in these these waters where every idea of any kind of difference has been flattened out and we're all supposed to see each other as, as completely the same, but that's not the reality. Men and women are equal. Men are intelligent. Women are intelligent. Men have gifts. Women have gifts. Men have abilities. Women have abilities. None of that is being dismissed here. What is being taught is within the church home, within the church family, there is this expectation that men, they take on the role of teaching and leading. They take on the role of elder. And women are to take on the role of mother, to be motherly, to be caring, to be nurturing. This is this is how the church is meant to work, just like this is how the family is meant to work. Husbands are called to lead and women are called to support and be caring, not less than side by side as a perfect compliment to her husband and he a perfect compliment to her. Now, our ancient way for our modern day, it's to recognize the truth of these scriptures and to hold fast to God's word. To not get lost in the, the cultural mixing of ideas and the challenges that might exist, but rather to say, this is how God has designed it. And we are those who humble ourselves and trust and follow in faith what God has made. And this is our ancient way for our modern day.